Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The, is it morning yet, deal. How about now? Or now? Because morning time is McDonald's breakfast time. And that's the best time of all the times. Wake up with a little splash of sweetness. Get any size iced coffee from caramel to hazelnut to French vanilla for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Herbert stops, launches deep. Jalen Guyton, he's got it. Touchdown, Chargers. What a throw! And now, your hosts of the Shock Therapy Podcast, Tyler Lawrence and Zach Alphers. What's up, Zach? How you doing? How do you like the intro, man? I really like it, and I will tell you, it did throw me for a loop with the super professional lady coming in and introducing you. I'm like, who is that? I kind of figured who it was, but it, yeah, I love it. I love all it. It makes me excited. Um, something I was going in and out with with our last song. So this one, I love the energy. I love all the effort you put into it. And yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, I had a little bit of fun. Uh, I had to talk my wife into actually talking into us and, and introducing us. But hey, it's season two of the Shock Therapy Podcast. To do something kind of fun, uh, try to get some sound bites. I'm definitely not a professional at that. Uh, but I think it came out all right. And uh, now that we're in the second season of the Shock Therapy podcast of the Brandon Staley-led Chargers, uh, I think it's appropriate that we start talking about the the future of this team, right? Yeah, I mean, I've been saying it. I feel like we're, as Charger fans, kind of stuck in football purgatory, not really a team to root for in the playoffs. Uh, About to watch an AFC championship with two teams that we beat in the regular season. We, we have to look 
it's too bleak to look in right now and past last season. The future is bright for the Chargers. So, yeah, let's look forward to next season because I'm very excited for it. So let's talk about the Chargers salary cap situation. So the salary cap is projected to hit $208 million thanks to the COVID restrictions being lessened this year. So the Chargers are expected to have about 68 to $72 million based on spot track over the cap estimates. That includes the $9 million in unused cap space that the Chargers rolled into 2022. Now, cutting Brian Bulaga would save the Chargers an additional $10 million uh, in total cap space. Just taking a look at the injury history, he did sign a three-year $30 million contract two years ago and just hasn't been on the field. Uh, so cutting him would bring the total salary cap up to about $80 million. Now, while they have $80 million to spend, the Chargers do need to budget some money away for the rookies, about $4 million in cap space. And then as a general rule of thumb, the Chargers should also look to budget about $8 million for in-season transactions. So in essence, the Chargers have about $68 million to go into free agency. Um, the first thing that they need to start looking at right now, though, is their own impending free agents. And the first name that's on this list is going to be Chase Daniel at 36 years old. He's getting paid. Uh, last year, he had a one-year, just over $1 million contract. How valuable is Chase Daniel to this team in year two? I think it all kind of, I think it kind of depends on where do we think Justin Herbert's development is. Do we think he can benefit from a veteran presence in his ear? Then I say you got to bring him back. But I like Daniel there. They Herbert and Daniel seem to have a nice rapport. They seem like good friends. Uh, and it, it, I like Daniel just as the veteran presence. He's been there before. He's played in playoff games. Uh, Herbert hasn't had that luxury. So I think the value in his experience. I think there is some value there. But I'm also looking at the roster for what we have. We do have Easton Stick under contract for another year. There is a chance we take a flyer on a late round draft pick. Uh, and then if you take a look at the free agency market, because I feel like you have to take a look at it before you sign Chase Daniel, uh, who are impending free agents that could potentially fill the role that Chase Daniel is filling right now. And the two top names that come to my mind is James Winston and Teddy Bridgewater. And I don't want to dive too much into the – um, into the free agency. I feel like that's going to be safe for another episode. I just want to take a look. You know, if you're going to sign Chase Daniel, you also have to look at the other options. Uh, so Teddy Bridgewater, James Winston did spend time with the Saints. You also have Chad Henney uh, through Doug Marone, who, who was the Jaguars um, with the Jaguars. And he was also the Saints offensive coordinator under Pete Michael. Um, well, before Pete Michael was offensive coordinator, there is some similarities there in that offense, just because Doug Marone, um, you know, he he was part of that Saints staff. So that gives you Chad Henne, Nick Foles, Gardner Minshew, and Blake Bortles as other potential free agents. Yeah, just li listening to those names, I like Chase Daniel the best over those options because he's a cerebral quarterback. A lot of those guys rely on their ability to extend plays out of the pocket, their rushing ability. Chase Daniel knows how to read defenses, and maybe not great, that's why backup, but I, I just still value his input on the offensive game plan, being able to dissect defenses better than any of those guys you just mentioned. 
I do kind of like the idea of Teddy Bridgewater um, backing up, but I feel like Teddy Bridgewater is going to go and try to find a place where he can start and play. That and I think he'd be a little more expensive because he ha- he has just was a starter this last year. And yeah, like has- there's there's enough there with him for him to be able to to you know go to the Redskins and fight for a, a a starting spot. Go to some of these other quarterback needy teams. You know the Packers may be without a quarterback next season, and, and uh, you know there's a possibility where he could compete with uh, Jordan Love there. There's, there's other places where I just don't think Teddy Bridgewater makes sense there. Maybe Chad Henney, maybe, uh, maybe we bring back Chase Daniel. I don't think we need three um, on the active roster. I understand having three and Easton stick like on the practice squad. I like his ability to replicate a, a mobile quarterback, but, I think you could get the job done. I like Chase Daniel in a clutch situation if he has to, you know, manage the game with two minutes left. I like him in that role more than Bridgewater. Um, I, I really do. I like Chase Daniel. I think the chemistry is there. And we've always talking about how Herbert has no continuity in his college career, NFL career up to this point. I think this is the year we start giving him some familiar faces starts with Lombardi. And I think you got to bring chase Daniel back because they're friends and they're buddies. And I think the value in his, in the back of Herbert's mind, it, it val- validates the contract that you're going to send him. Yeah. It, I think it way. makes sense. And it's only going to be another one year, $1.1 million contract. This isn't going to break the bank. Right. No, no. And I think it makes sense for the team, for the guy. And it makes the future of the Chargers better because you're helping you're expediting Justin Herbert's development, which has been just crazy in the first two years anyway. Yeah. I can't exactly. wait for the third year. Uh for running backs, the only running back we have hitting free agency right now is Justin Jackson. He's gonna be twenty six in twenty twenty two. Just some notes that I have on Justin Jackson. Uh, he has only been available in 43 of 64 total games since he was drafted. And even then, uh, how much of that was him just dressing as an insurance policy but not being able to really go? Um, missing large chunks of the preseason. I, it just, I, I, his health is worse than that 43 over 64 uh, just because he, even though he dressed, he still wasn't totally available to play. Uh, since he's been with the Chargers, never had over 400 yards rushing in a single season and only has four total touchdowns. I think he's been most effective as like a, a receiver out of the backfield, but that's something that's replaceable. Uh, he doesn't offer you a ton of speed or power. Realistically, if you put him on a, a good team, he, he's kind of a practice squad, you know, borderline RB3 type of player who should only really see the field in a pinch. He doesn't offer any returner ability. Uh, he did improve a little bit in special teams play as a tackler, but again, that's replaceable. Um, if you're looking at a, a comparable contract of kind of what his value is, I'm looking at like J.D. McKissick, Malcolm Brown, Marlon Mack, Mike Boone, one year, $1.5 million. But I think that there's going to be better free agency options or you could look toward the draft. What are your thoughts on, on Justin Jackson? Yeah, I mean, this one pains me because I think both of me and you were kind of in the Justin Jackson fan camp to begin the season because when he's on the field, he looks nice. He's explosive. He gets us some good plays. 
the big problem, he's not consistently on there. And at an expendable position, like running back with the names on the free agent market, like you said, I think you got to move away. We need some consistency at the RB2 position. Austin Eckler really put some miles on his on you know his body this year. Um, I would like to be able to break up his touches a little bit. Justin Jackson doesn't provide me that consistency that I need in an RB2. He's an RB3, RB4 on the team. And we got two young guys developing. I, I think it's time to move away and get a validated, legitimate running back too. Because that's not Justin Jackson right now in this point no. in his career. And, and it pains me to say because I was a big fan of him. You know, when I think about Justin Jackson, I think of like that guy you sign toward the back half of the season because he's available because nobody really wants him and you have injuries to your running back room. So you just need a guy to fill just to, to dress on game day. And I always thought of like Justin Jackson kind of as that player because he's not he's not an every down starter. Um, he's a rotation back that you 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 really don't want to play as much as he did, but you, you don't really have anybody else on the roster. I was just going to say it's similar, I feel like, to Cambalage a couple years ago. Yeah, who's exactly. not a great running back, but we put we needed him. We put him in a system, and he excelled in it. Uh, something similar, I feel like, with the Justin Jackson. And obviously, you can look toward the draft. Uh, I haven't really done a whole lot of homework on, on the draft quite yet. That's something I plan on doing here pretty soon. But I did take a look at a lot of the free agents that are available. Um, you're kind of your top tier available free agent is going to be Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette, Sony Michelle, Corderell Patterson. I take all those guys over Jackson without even a thought. But then you look at your mid-tier guys that are available. This is, you know, that three to five million dollar range. You got Philip Lindsay, Raheem Mostert, Marlon Mack, James Conner, JD McKissick, Chase Edmonds, Ronald Jones, Alex Collins, Rashad Penny. Again, I would take all of those guys over Justin Jackson, right? And then you kind of get into that bottom tier of players, Jalen Richard, Dwayne Washington, Peyton Barber, Kalen Balaj, Michael Hasty. I mean, when you look at like these names, that's kind of where Justin Jackson falls into, right? Ty Montgomery. Like it, well, it sucks I, to yeah. say, cause you, you like yeah. the player, but like when you're looking at the tiers, and, and kind of who's your RB2. And a lot of people think, oh, yeah, you know, Justin Jackson's got some talent. But then you look at, you compare him to some of the other guys and, and what you think of as talented. He's, like, pretty far behind in the list of just free agent running backs, let alone, you know, draft-eligible running backs. Well, and there's just a lot of talented running backs in the league right now. It's an, ex an expendable position. There's a lot of talent in it. Yeah, I, I just don't see how you, especially with the other holes on our roster, very, very close to being a Super Bowl contending championship team. I just don't know how you justify sending another contract to Justin Jackson who hasn't performed during his tenure with the team already. No, and you, you already have two backs on the roster, you know, that we have offered yeah. potentially more upside than, than he does at this point in his career and are available. I mean, Joshua Kelly and, and um, Larry Rantree haven't had any significant injuries. And you kind of have to, well, and I can't imagine that either of those guys, Kelly or Rantree, if they got the touches that Justin Jackson had this season, 
I don't see how they couldn't replicate, if not improve on those numbers. Right. Uh, moving over to wide sense. receivers. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, there's two wide receivers, the the obvious and probably most important, one of the most important players, Mike Williams. He's going to be 28 uh, in 2022. Um, he just made $15 million on his fifth-year option. Uh, just going over his injury history, he's been mostly available. You take out his rookie year where he's still dealing with a – a neck in- injury that he's fully recovered from. I mean, this guy's put his body on the line, and usually he'll come out for a series here and there, but he's always back in the game, always available. Um, he's got two 1,000-yard receiving seasons. Uh, he's got two nine-plus touchdown seasons. Uh, he really approved upon his greatest weakness, which was you know him as a route runner. He is Mr. Game Winner, right? Like, how many yeah. games has he just won us, like, it's insane, like how clutch he's multiple become. this season alone. Yeah, yeah some people like, go five, ten year careers without a single game winner. He had like two or three this year. Yeah, like he's insane. He is Mr. Clutch. He is Mr. Big Game, game Mike. Yeah, it's what he's turned into. Um, Spot Track has his estimated contract value at about sixteen point seven million. I think it's going to be more than that per year. Like. When I'm looking and comparing a contract to him to somebody else, I'm looking at Kenny Galladay in particular because they're very similar players, very similar production. Their careers, I mean, only two 1,000-yard receiving years. Uh, You know, quarterback situation, both of them have, you know, had good quarterbacks coming up into their their contract. Uh, Kenny Galladay got a four-year, $72 million contract. And I actually like Mike Williams a little bit more now that he's um, he's refined some of his skill sets. So I'm looking at like 18.5 million a year for for Mike Williams, and I think that's what he's going to get out in the open market. That that's the thing with the NFL and the landscape now, with it being a passing league. There's going to always be a receiver needing team willing to pay a little bit extra. But I think you're right on with the market value paying like on tier. I think that's what he's worth, but I could see the Jaguars send in him a three year, $20 million a year because they need a receiver. It's just yeah. the kind of the world we live in. People need receivers. You're always looking to upgrade your receiving core. Uh, and Mike Williams would be a hell of a grab on the free agent market this season. Yeah. I, want and I don't think he's going to get there though. You know, I think he's already said he wants to stay in Los Angeles. I think we're going to give him a fair market value contract. A lot of people say Tom Teleska is cheap. It's not that he's cheap. He's fair, right? Like, and he's going to, he's not going to overpay. I don't think he's ever overpaid for a free agent since he's been a general manager. He might've missed on a few. Balaga. Overpaid, overpaid. Sure. Overpaid. He didn't overpay Balaga. Balaga just didn't pay. Play, right? But but if you look at the value and what you were paying him, you're like, okay, I I could have seen that. So I think. I think we're going to end up bringing him back. I think he's going to get paid, you know, close to $18 million because um, I think that's what his value is to this team. He he was our top wide receiver this season, even over Keenan Allen. And Keenan Allen is making $20 million a year. The second wide receiver is going to be Jalen Guyton. Jalen Guyton is an exclusive rights-free agent. Basically what that means is he has less than three accrued seasons, uh, but his contract has expired. So you've got your – exclusive rights you've got your restricted free agents which is uh three years of accrued seasons and your free agent and then you've got your um 
your unrestricted free agents, which is over three years. So he hasn't been in the league uh, at least three years yet. Uh, he hasn't been in the league three years yet. Basically, what the Chargers are going to do, they're going to offer him a league minimum contract, and he can't negotiate with any teams. And that's going to be um, just under a million dollars, 965 k uh, in 2020, he had 511 yards. In 2021, he had 448, three touchdowns in both seasons, about 30 catches. Uh, he improved from his drops a little bit from, from last year to the year before. Um, I think that there's value in being bringing Jalen Guyton back, especially at that cost. I know that we're not super happy with his drops over, over the last couple seasons, but I think he's an improving player. What are your thoughts on on um Jalen Guyton, Zach. Yeah, I like to bring him back um, because I think we're just scraping the surface, right? He's a young player, only been in the league, like you said, less than three years. I think this will be his third full NFL season. I like that. He's getting better. He is nowhere near where we want him to be, but he's getting better. Also, he's speedy. He's a guy that can stretch the field. We don't really have that right now. I'd like to keep that. It gives us a little more flexibility to in the draft, in free agency, to get the right players and not have to reach. So I like Jalen Guyton. He offers a different skill set than Keenan Allen, than Mike Williams, um, but more than more speed than Josh Palmer and the rest of the younger guys on that roster. So I like him. I think he's only getting better. And I think we're just a season or two away from fully tapping into Guyton's potential. And I'd like for us to be the team to do that because I'm sick of letting talented guys walk than just letting them flourish in other systems. You know, I've never really big the, been the biggest Guyton fan, but when you look at kind of his route to the NFL, right? Like he, he wasn't drafted, right? He's given us two 500 yard seasons. He's given us six touchdowns. And last year was a rookie season for him. If you like think about it, right? Like yeah. he was a rookie last year. And he gave us 500 yards and he went undrafted. He beat out Tyrone Johnson Mm -hmm. two years in a row. He was our wide receiver three next season. Assuming we, we keep um, Mike Williams or we go and sign a Devontae Adams. If he ends up walking or, or another big name, right? He's still going to be our wide receiver four, and that's a lot of production at a wide receiver four. I, I think I'm totally on board. He's kind of more of a straight line speed guy. Doesn't really offer you a whole lot of, you know, run after the catch ability, but he is probably our fastest straight line speed offensive player on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, he's probably worth the one more than $1 million contract. He's going to play on next season. Well, and he's a hard worker, right? Good attitude. He wants to be at practice. I, and I think that's a big reason why we let go of Tyron Johnson. He's just not even, I, I just think the, the mental aspect, his, his, personality wasn't what Staley would want to do with this team. Guyton's an energy guy, hardworking guy, and he wants to get better. I'm all for giving a guy like that uh, another chance. Now, in the event we don't sign Mike Williams, I I just don't see how we don't go sign a a top wide receiver, a Devontae Adams, Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, Michael Gallup. Like, if we don't keep Mike Williams, there's no way we're not going after one of these guys, assuming that they're not um, franchise tagged or signed. But then you also have some mid tier wide receivers. You got Will Fuller, Jameson Crowder, Juju Smith Schuster, Christian Kirk, Odell Beckham, DJ Shark, 
Alan Lazard, Russell Gage, Cedric Wilson, Marquez Valdez-Scantley, uh, Jacoby Myers, and Braxton Berrios. And then your kind of your bottom tier free agents that are available. Um, I say these guys are bottom tier, but it's only it's only an age thing. So T.Y. Hilton, Emmanuel Sanders, A.J. Green, and Deshaun Jackson, I think of them kind of at this point in their career as bottom tier guys. And then you also have Keelan Cole, Albert Wilson, Zay Jones, Byron Pingle, Pringle, Antonio Brown, John Rosh, Ross, and Zach Paschal. So those, that's kind of a, a, a list of your wide receivers that are going to be available. Guys that, you know, if we don't sign Mike Williams, we're definitely going to be signing at least one of these guys. Um, who knows? I, I'm not really too sure. Not really the biggest fan of getting um, wide receivers uh, in free agency. No, but would be honestly, I think the best route for the Chargers retain Mike Williams, keep Guyton, and then be able to get one of those mid tier guys that kind of just slip through the cracks that nobody kind of wants. Yeah, somebody else slip through, right? Somebody's you said there's a lot of quality names. Not yeah, all of those is. guys are going to get the contract or land in the spot that they want to be. So that is. Very, very assuring for the Chargers who live in sunny Los Angeles, who have an uh, up-and-coming head coach and have the darling of the NFL right now in Justin Herbert. So also with those mid-tier, um, I did kind of separate all of those by by contract value. And all of those guys in that mid-tier, I'm talking Fuller, Crowder, Schuster, Kirk, Beckham, Shark, Lazard, Gage, Wilson, Watkins, Berrios, and Myers – all those guys are projected to get a contract between eight and twelve million dollars a year. I just don't see how if we sign Mike Williams and we have Keenan Allen, both of them are making close to twenty million dollars a year. I don't know how you sign one of those guys, especially when you have Guyton and you have Josh Palmer sitting there as your wide receiver three and four. Um, if anything, I would assume that we would go after a bottom tier wide receiver five like a John Ross who offers you speed, right? Um, I like, John like Ross. A, a Joaquin Grant or a, you know, the, a, a fast guy. Zay Jones is, is able to get behind the defense, right? Um, I just, I don't see how you are going to pay more than five, six million to a wide receiver when you're already paying that room as much as you are. No, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be that, but I, what I'm kind of hoping is that one of those five mil guys that you mentioned would want to settle on like a two and a half single season prove it deal just because the market is so flushed with receivers. That's kind of, that was kind of what yeah, I was getting at. Maybe, it's kind of perfect. I guess, you know, it's kind of just like a hoping thing. I guess the thing that kind of is going to be different from last season, especially is the salary cap is increasing by $25 million. So people are going to get paid. They're going to get paid. They're yeah. normal. Like Juju Smith-Schuster stayed in with the Steelers last season for like $8 million. Why did he take such a low contract when he was definitely, you know, he, he has a 1,400-yard season under his belt. And it's because teams didn't have the money to shell out like they normally do. That's not going to yeah. happen this season. Like people are going to get paid their worth. I was going to say people are going to get paid their worth and then teams who have cap-friendly space like the Chargers are going to be able to add even – an extra piece here and there that they would never been able yeah. to do in, in NFL history before now. Uh, moving over to tight ends. I just don't see how you bring back Jared cook at 35 years old. I just don't think there's a whole lot left 
um, in the tank for Jared. Uh, he, he could be like a situational pass catcher, but with Trey McKidding, Donald Parham, there's definitely younger options that really just set the stage better, likely in line for, you know, maybe a one year, $3 million contract to find his way onto another team. But uh, at his age, I just don't see how many teams really value Jared Cook. Um, you know, when, when there's a lot of younger options out on the market. Uh, our tight end, Donald Parham, is also a um, restricted free agent, exclusive restricted free agent. So he's going to make just under a million dollars next season, and I think he's going to get starter snaps. Uh, and then our last one, tight end, Steven Anderson. I think that there's some value in bringing back Anderson, uh, if only to be like a, the, the veteran presence in the room if you're letting Jared Cook go. Um, he was, you know, valuable to our special teams, you know, but I do see a scenario where Gabe Neighbors takes on that same role Anderson had last season. Not very expensive option anyway, you know, provided that he's able to give you some sort of value in the passing game. But usually that was, you know, uh, tight end screens and, and little outs or, or, you know, dump offs into the flats. What are your thoughts on Cook, Parham, and Anderson? Well, I... I guess I'm going to start with a question. If the Chargers do move away from Cook, if they move away from Cook, re-sign Parham, re-sign Steven Anderson, do you think the Chargers need to go out and sign one of those top-end tight ends that are on the free agent market, or do you think they're good what we have in-house? I think Parham... I said this on a past podcast. I wish Parham would have gotten all the targets Cook did and Cook would have been left of the targets Parham had. Now, I think mm. Parham, I think part of building like a really good winning culture is you got to find those gems and then play those gems, right? But you have to develop it. I feel like Donald Parham, 6'8", like monster of a tight end, super athletic. Seven foot uh, wingspan and like a nearly 40 inch vertical. Insane. And he played extremely well with all of his targets last season, right? Donald Parham is a star just waiting to get those targets, right? Like, yeah, I feel like he is right on the cusp of being like having that Antonio Gates come out of nowhere season or that guy from the Broncos, uh, the tight end with the Broncos a few seasons back with Peyton Manning. Anyways, like my point being, Jared Cook is uh, – is holding back Donald Parham so badly. And I feel like Donald Parham is a very cheap option to mm -hmm. be a really high caliber starter. And you got to take, when you have opportunities like that, like you have to take those opportunities, right? No, I, I, I agree. I think, no, I, I really agree. I think we're very close to getting Parham. I think my only worry about not bringing somebody, not bringing a veteran back, um, would be throwing him into the fire too soon and negating all of the progress that he's made up to this point. It's been two seasons, man. And you got Trey well, McKitty sitting there in the back. Like you have, you have Trey McKitty, who's relatively high draft pick, right? Like third round draft third round 97 overall. Yeah. Donald Parham, like this might've only been his second season in the NFL, but he also has a, a year with the, um, the junior football league. Like the, the Argonauts or something. The, uh, yeah, whatever that is, right? Like, uh, he never played for a big school. He played for a, a tiny college um, at, out of Florida. But, Stetson, I mean, yeah. you know, this guy's going to be 
24, 25 years old. Like this isn't a 21 year old kid. Like I think he's ready for that now. It's right. Time. And if he's not in the ready now, he's not going to be ready later. Like he's yeah. got the, the seasons under his belt. This is that time you throw him out in the fire and see, see what he does. Now, do you think with about 70 targets, 50 catches, that's kind of what, that's what Jared Cook did this year. I think he could be a thousand yard tight end. Yeah, he's got he's he has that potential to be a thousand yard tight end. Darren Waller, like, like he it. can be yeah. Darren Waller. You gotta, you gotta I like see it. Let's it. rip off the right. band aid. I was being kind of, you know, conservative, but I like it just because that that is the future of our tight end room, right? Trey McKitty and Donald Parham, both under twenty. I think. McKitty's only like 22 or 23. Um, those are young guys. And I, what I really love about those two in particular is their complementing skill sets. Barham, a beast of a pass catcher, a red zone threat, elite red zone threat in the making. And then you just have the traditional old school inline blocker in McKitty. That is a tight end group that you could build around. I really like it. And I say, I'm, I was on the fence about bringing Jared Cook back, but just listening to you, I think it is, it's Parham season. I'm all for yeah, it. Let's, it's Parham, Parham season, season. Let's without go. a doubt. And I get the idea of bringing Steven Anderson back. It's not going to cost you a whole lot. When I look at contracts similar to Steven Anderson, I think of Jesse James, Adam Shaheen, Nick Vanette. All those guys are making right about $2 million to $2.5 million on you know one or two-year deals. I don't think we need Steven Anderson because I feel like Gabe Neighbors and Steven Anderson is a little redundant. Uh I'd rather, much rather go and pick up a late round tight end to develop kind of behind them. Uh, I think you got the guys that you need there. I think you got uh, light, enough linebackers for special teams. Um, I'm, I'm okay moving away with Steven Anderson. This is a really good tight end free agency market, in my opinion. Uh, your top tier guys is going to be Mike Kosicki, Dalton Schultz, and Robert Tanyan. Those are going to be those guys that make over $10 million a year. Your mid-tier guys, Rob Gronkowski, but honestly, if it's not the 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 Buccaneers, if it's not with Tom Brady, he's not. It's going to be Tom, yeah. Yeah, like if it's not Tom Brady, he's not playing. Well, uh, he already but, came out. He he came out today. Gronk did saying that if he had to decide, because the media always wants to know what are you going to do, what are you going to do, and he said, if I have to decide today, I'm retired. Yeah, I he's he's only playing to play with his buddy. That's he's a ring chasing. That that, it's fine. Yeah, we, we all know what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, some more mid-tier guys. Zach Ertz, probably about $8 million on a one-year contract. Uh, Tyler Conklin with injuries to that other tight end uh, with the Vikings. Tyler Conklin got an opportunity to get a lot more playing time than he probably would have. Um, CJ Uzoma, David Njoku, I still have him as a mid-tier player just because he's never really broke out into that player that everyone expected him to be. Gerald Everett, Evan Ingram, Hayden Hurst, O.J. Howard. That kind of rounds out your mid-tier guys. And then you get into your bottom tier, your Will Disley, Max Williams, Jordan Aikens, Jacob Hollister, Eric Tomlinson. At this point in his career, uh, Jimmy Graham and Ian Thomas. Sheath underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture-wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. 
Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. Now, the most unique thing about sheath underwear is that they have these dual pouches that keep your man parts separated, which prevents things from sticking together, keeps them right where they need to be. They'll be the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs you've ever worn in your life. Plus, they have brand new materials like bamboo and mesh for even more cooling comfort. Go to sheathunderwear.com and get the most comfortable underwear you've ever worn. And if you use promo code IHEART, you'll also get 20% off your order. That's sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART. Sheath underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture-wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. Now, the most unique thing about sheath underwear is that they have these dual pouches that keep your man parts separated, which prevents things from sticking together, keeps them right where they need to be. They'll be the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs you've ever worn in your life. Plus, they have brand new materials like bamboo and mesh for even more cooling comfort. Go to sheathunderwear.com and get the most comfortable underwear you've ever worn. And if you use promo code IHEART, you'll also get 20% off your order. That's sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART. Um, I don't necessarily think we're going to go after any big tier tight ends. Uh, there is a chance that I think we could go for like a David Njoku to pair to your two young tight ends that you have in Donald Parham, Trey McKitty. Well, I, yeah, I just don't see how we can, if, if we're all for Parham, we can't bring in Najoku for what PFF is making about like 14, 15 mil a year. You can't bring him in because it instantly stunts the, the growth of Parham. He's not going to so get if, paid that. He's going to get paid like eight to 10 million. No way anybody's going to shell out that much money. He's also, he's also got like off field problems, maybe not like arrests, but he's no. very, very talkative. I remember like uh, uh, him not wanting to go to the jugs machine to, to catch football yeah. or something like that. <laughs> I, I, right. I guess my point is though that the, the Chargers aren't going to bring if they move away from Cook, it's going to be because they want Parham to develop. They're not going to bring in another number one receiving threat. I think if they did bring in somebody, it would be the lower tier guys. And I honestly don't think Conklin's going to get a a very big paycheck. I think he makes a lot of sense if he's under four and a half million. I would love a guy like Conklin who has young yard after catchability has a lot better blocking ability than Jaron Cook and Donald Parham. I, I think he makes a lot of sense as that middle-tier guy. He's not going to eat and take away a whole lot of targets because he's not the receiver that Donald Parham is, but he's efficient. And I think the price tag, you know, depending on how that market shakes out, I think it could be worth it. I I, I don't want to get too much into it, into free agency, but I'd love to bring in Mike Gesicki or Robert Tanyan, like a real top-tier tight end to pair with that. <laughs> Like that would be so much fun, but you, um, of course it would be. But do you think the the well? We're not going to get into it because you the have money the money for money. the position group to do it. So we'll we'll get into it on another pod. We're um, just having so much fun tonight. I we are man. So free agents, uh, offensive tackle Storm Norton, restricted free agent, uh, probably worth just like a, a right of first refusal, which is two point four million dollars. I am going to tender him just because as a, a backup, as a swing tackle, 
someone that could potentially be your starter next season. That's like a realistic scenario. He was your starter all last season. He's an ascending player. uh, And he's not going to be overly expensive. And you can kick the can down the road. Now, I don't think that the Chargers should. But there is a chance. And and this isn't the strongest free agency tackle class. Um, There is a chance Storm Norton is your starter next season. Um, we'll, we'll end up seeing it. We don't get no draft compensation. If we only tender him at a right of first refusal, there's no way we give him a second round or first round, um, tender there. I, 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 I think that just makes the most sense. Your options. Otherwise is going to be Morgan Moses, Trent Brown, Mitchell Schwartz, Dennis Kelly, Jermaine Fetty. Um, maybe Tyrell Crosby, maybe Sam Tevy. So it, it gets empty real quick, um, real, real quick. And I just, out of those five, Moses, Brown, Schwartz, Kelly, Effetti, uh, I mean, they're all older players. I just, I don't necessarily know whether or not those guys are, are that much more talented than paying Storm Norton, you know, $2 million for a year. No, yeah, I, I think he comes back, especially because we're gonna get we have to cut Balaga. It, it has to happen. I think that's gonna be one of the first dominoes to fall. And with him gone, if you if you don't bring Storm Norton back in that case, then you're left with who do we got over there? Uh Pipkins. So I, I think Pipkins, you need to bring yeah. you need to bring Storm Norton back if at the very least for some depth piece because he is ascending. He isn't the fire sale right tackle left tackle that we we knew in 2019 he is taking some strides so i think with yeah yeah i just the, the price tag makes sense and because of our lack of depth at the tackle position you need to bring them back yeah you you have to bring them back but i i honestly would not be surprised if he was our starting right tackle Good. next season the just coaching staff really likes him just looking at what's out on the market, right? Like Morgan Moses is probably the most the most perfect stopgap like type of guy to like, okay, because if you don't grab somebody in free agency, you are 100% relying on the draft to, to find your starter. Yeah. So if you keep Storm Norton, uh, you know what you're going to get out of him. You know he's already got a full year starting experience. And he's a younger player, so you know he's going to be better than he was last season. And there's some games where he played well last season. Um, I, I just I don't know how you don't don't resign him. And I think I think especially with the free agency, I think you're just kind of trying to set yourself up for the most flexibility in season. And I think Storm Norton, out of all of those free agent guys that you you said, because of the price tag, just makes the most sense. If we do have to rely on him as a starter, well, we've done that before. Best case scenario, he's a backup swing tackle position. I think that's per- perfect for where he is at in his stage, the stage in, of his career. Moving over to offensive guards. Uh, so Odea Bushi, Michael Schofield, and Sinio Clemente are all your your free agents. Obushi uh, is going to be 31. He played extremely well in only five games. The ACL injury isn't great, but he might still be worth bringing back. Uh, Michael Schofield, we're very familiar with Schofield. I think he's played five seasons in total for us. But then you look at this free agency market, and this is a really, really strong guard class, assuming that these guys all don't sign extensions. Obviously, I, I expect a few too. 
But your top tier offensive guards are going to be Brandon Sharif and Lakin Tomlinson. Both those guys are going to make over ten million dollars. Both those guys are absolute studs. But then you get into your second tier, and this is really, really strong in my opinion. You got uh, Andrew Norwell, Austin Corbett, Alex Kappa, which I think that you went to high school with Alex Kappa, right? I went to college with Kappa. Huge Kappa Kappa. fan. Uh, James Daniels, only 24 years old, unrestricted free agent, super young with the Bears. Mark Glowinski from the Colts. Uh, I know we're not too happy with him, but Trey Turner had a, a bounce back year, which I expected him to do. Uh, and then you got Connor Williams. So like that group right there, I would take all 10 of those players over Abushi and Schofield. Mo- most of them are much younger outside of like Andrew Norwell. Most of them are like under 28 years old. And then you're kind of your third tier, uh, Quentin Spain, Ted Karras, James Carpenter, Rich Incognito, uh, Michael Schofield, I put in there, AJ Kane, Matt Skura, Will Hernandez. But I really like the idea of getting a top tier offensive guard to, to pair and really just bully people in the middle. That would be a dream come true. We would have, we would have like a, a, Dallas Cowboy Emmett Smith offensive line like dominant yeah. across the board all pro potential that that gets me excited uh, I I really think we are we are just a piece away on, uh, along that line the left side did so good this year it, yeah the, the potential just from going from uh, just an awful offensive line every single position to just being a piece away is just very exciting as a Chargers fan who just neglected the offensive line for I feel like as long as Philip Rivers played. Yeah. Um, I I just, I, I like those names that they have down there. So I think letting Obushi, Schofield, and Clemente all walk. And by the way, I'm kicking Clemente out the door. I'm not letting him walk. Yeah. Uh, that, that was one of the worst single game performances I've ever seen. Like that was so bad. Oh so. man. What a debut. Yeah. He is gone. <laughs> I don't know how he's going to land in another NFL spot. I feel like he's going to the CFL or like another XFL type of route. Um, but I could see because of the ACL injury, Odin not getting a whole lot of love on the free agent market. I could see him coming back in maybe not a starter role, but he would provide some quality, quality depth, especially because he was playing very, very well before that yeah so he had only signed a one year like 1.7 million dollar contract or something like that like it was very affordable and you're not going to tell me that five games in he made a whole lot of money like there's no no way he made a whole lot of money well and i can't believe you know he's 31 now off an acl injury he was never really thought of as a great starter anyway he was always kind of thought of as a depth piece i i think and he, he seems to like where he's at in the Los Angeles, right? He's really active on social media. He's a, I think he comes back as a depth piece, if not a potential starter at right guard, if those other pieces don't fall in free agency. Yeah. So I, I just, I, I would get bringing him back, but I really like some of these other players on the free agency market where I, I might just let them walk and take my chances in free agency. I wouldn't be mad either uh, way. Yeah, the last player I want to talk about on the offensive side of the ball is going to be Scott Quisenberry. Uh, I don't know why you would cut Scott Quisenberry 
just because looking at the free agency market, you're probably going to be somewhere a little more expensive. Um, you're looking at like Ryan Jensen, Ben Jones, and and those guys are starters. You're going to have a hard time finding a quality backup center. Uh, Tyler Shatley, maybe, maybe Dan Feeney comes back as a, as a backup. Um, but yeah. I think those guys are going to be looking for uh, a place where they can potentially start and, and knowing who's in front of you in the depth chart, you know that you're, you're not starting if you're coming to the Chargers. So I think Scott Quisenberry is, isn't going to be competing for a starting role anywhere else. I know he's from UCLA. He's a homegrown kid. Um, I, I, I honestly don't see any reason why we was cut Scott Quisenberry. I think you have, yeah, you have to, because not only is he our backup center, he's our backup left guard. He's our backup right guard. He could play all of those interior positions. He's, you know, during those just horrible years of offensive line play, there was years where he was our most tenured offensive line, you know, led the, the whole line in snap. So I like him. He's, he's seasoned at 27 years old. And as a backup, I don't think there's any, you, you don't get much better than a, a Scott Quesenberry. I really like him for, for the role that he's serving on our team. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if we moved him to guard and try to make him our starter. That would be like an interesting uh, experiment. I, I probably wouldn't want to go into the season with it, but I mean, 27 years old, he's been groomed. We've seen him as a starter for an entire season. Before, Most of yeah. us thought, most of us thought that he played pretty well. He was um, our best lineman when he was playing. Yeah, he, he yeah he was. He and he performs well in when in there. But I don't know. Yeah, I like I like the player. Um, and wouldn't mind seeing him with some starting minutes at least in the off season training camp sort of thing. Kind of fill him out. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't mind like bringing in competition and letting him compete for that right guard spot. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. You'd have to see, play it out, see how it, how it goes. Yeah, let's go over it. So our defensive line, Linval Joseph, Justin Jones, Christian Covington. You know, based off of the fact that we had struggled so mightily against the run defense and it was all due to the defensive line, I don't see how you bring back all of these guys. I think Linval Joseph was probably your best interior defensive lineman. Justin Jones actually played really well. And then Christian Covington was a major factor in the issues for the run defense. You also have Jerry Tillery, but uh, he's not a free agent quite yet, unfortunately. Uh, you know, Linval, 34 years old, Justin Jones. I think you need to cut bait. Uh, I think you need to, to completely revamp this defensive line in your own image. You're getting rid of guys from the last staff, right, last coaching staff. Uh, Linval Joseph is going to cost you about $6 million on a one-year contract. Justin Jones could cost you $5 million. And then you take a look at the uh, the free agency class. You're looking at like potentially Akeem Hicks. You're looking at Sebastian Joseph Day, who's familiar with Joe Lombardi. Uh, not Joe Lombardi, Brandon Staley. You've got Calius Clamble. You've got Austin Johnson, who is absolutely phenomenal with the Giants. Um, BJ Hill, DJ Jones, Malik Collins, Harrison Phillips, Larry Joby. Ndamukong Sue, Jerron Reed, uh, you got Malik McDowell, Taven Bryan. I mean, it's a pretty strong interior group there. I don't know how to say his name, but Foro Lunzo Fatsu Kasi, who was the Jets nose tackle, he Sounds made a lot of me. money. Hey, good enough. <laughs> and then you got some of your bottom tier guys, Derek Nottie, 
Sheldon Richardson at this point in his career, Danny Shelton at this point in his career, Gerald McCoy at this point in his career, Corey Peters, a lot of aging guys. But you look at this this mid-tier and top-tier kind of section, I mean, aching Hicks would be phenomenal on this defense. Like, super familiar, same thing with Sebastian Day. Both those guys, I think, would be upgrades over Linval Joseph and Justin Jones together. Um Definitely need a, a nose tackle, some guy to take on double teams. Um, but I, I I think with where the free agency class is, I think with the fact that it, it is also a really strong uh, draft class here, the, our defensive tackles, I think that there could be four taken in the draft in the first round. Um, I'm walking away from all of them and starting over. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that because of who we have in Los Angeles coaching this team. And he has a very specific defense, a defense that isn't for every player. And I don't think we have the interior defensive lineman right now to deploy the system that Staley wants to run. We just don't. Um, Linville Joseph, I think he was serviceable for the two years he was here. He, he filled a role. He played well and a, a motivational leader, a veteran presence. At 34 years old, he's not worth the ticket. Uh, Christian Covington, like you mentioned, brought him in for some depth piece. He was just a liability when he was on the field for being that big. It's such a bummer. You feel like just lay down in the hole and you'll get some more production than what we got from him. Um, Justin Jones, I think, is the, the only one for me that I'm thinking about bringing back. I don't think he's making $5 million a year because he's thought of as the best run defender on the worst run defense. There's no way that with those other names on the, the free agent market that he's going to get $5 million. I, I There's a lot that. of guys in that free agency market that expected to get $8 million a year contracts. You're looking at Malik Collins, BJ Hill, you're looking at Sebastian Joseph Day. I mean, because it's such a strong class, like I think $5 million is, is kind of a deal for him, if anything. You think so? Um, yeah, because that's kind of like your your typical interior defensive lineman, like decent looking contract is like $5 million. Like that's, that's sure. you know, I, I feel like that's a, a reasonable and very low value for a player who's only 26 years old, like he's going into the prime of his career. He's probably going to sign a four year, you know, seven, $8 million a year contract any other year, but because it is a strong class, I have him only making about five. Well, I just don't know that other teams value him, you know, as a starter, given his up and down performance and coming off of uh, a beginning the year on injury and then, he did play well, but he was on a unit that overall did not play well. So I, yeah, that does go against him a little bit. But I still don't feel bit. like five million, and the fact that he doesn't offer very much pass rushing ability, and I think that's his biggest knock. Because as a run defender, yeah, I feel like he gets into his gap. He's very strong. He holds his ground. It's his inability to get to the passer, and that's where they make money, right? You're you get sacks, yeah. you get paid. The True. guys that are eating up double teams and stuff like that, those guys don't get paid. Well, Unsung unless you're Aaron heroes. Donald, who's eating double teams and getting sacks because that guy yeah. is – That's why he gets paid the way. $20 million a year as an interior defensive tackle. Insane. <laughs> uh, moving over to the defensive ends, 
uh, our edge rushers, I should say. Yuchin Nwosu, 25 years old. He is probably like the third or fourth most important free agent in in, in this impending class. Uh, you also have Kyler Fackrell. Kyler Fackrell signed like a one-year, $1.5 million contract with the Chargers. I still think that there's something worth uh, bringing him back for as a, a situational pass rusher, as a you know rotational piece. But I also still think that he was a big issue in the run defense as well. Yuchen uh, Nwosu was phenomenal in, in run defense. He his ability to hold contain is like it, it goes so unnoticed. Um, I think Yuchen Nwosu is probably going to get paid six to nine million dollars a year probably more on the higher side because he's only 25 years old. And I think a, a team he signing him is probably going to be banking on him really having a, a big breakout season. I hope we're the ones that sign him first. Uh, Kyler Fackrell, I, I'm probably going to let go. I'm looking at Uchenna Nwosu at like four years, 32 million, 36 million, potentially on the high side, you know, $8 million a year. Um, and, and I think that's going to turn out to be a, a deal for whoever signs that contract with Nuosu because uh, while he may not be getting all the pressures on the quarterback, I mean, that's that's your typical breakout, um, you know, sign a, a, a cheap contract and he's, you know, a, a perennial pro bowler type of potential there. No, I, I agree with you. I think we're we are right there. Um, his best football, I think, is still to be played. And I think we just saw a little bit of it, especially the second half of this past season, really coming to his own. And he, yeah, and just a knack for the football. Um, that pick on the goal line to give us a chance in that Chiefs game when we were down and out, one of the best plays all year. I really like Nuchenna Nwosu, and he's really, we've always been looking for, since Melvin Ingram left, for that. Joey Bosa's sidekick. I really think Uchenna Nwosu has that potential. I think you got to bring him back, especially if we can kind of backload that contract and give us a little more flexibility this season and the next couple of years while we uh, get through the end of Justin Herbert's uh, rookie contract. I think Nwosu is so important, and it goes unnoticed because he's he's not the guy getting the the big plays, but his instincts, like that, that goal line interception you're talking about, that's an instinct play. His ability so, just so knowing like, hey, I, I saw that running back, you know, popping out there. And I, I knew that, you know, earlier in the game, I saw them kind of do this. And he's learning from that because he's understanding that and he's playing them twice a year. I mean, he is, he is going to break out if he leaves. And I'm not going to want to see where he does it at because nope. it's not with the Chargers. I just, I know, I just know that he's a phenomenal player. Um, going over the free agents. You got Chandler Jones, Von Miller, Hassan Reddick, Harold Landry. That's kind of your top tier. Uh, Jadavian Clowney, I kind of go back and forth on whether he's a top tier or mid tier player. You know, he signed, he's always looking to, to get paid the most money he can. And it's always one yeah. year contracts is he's always injured. Um, Randy Gregory, Melvin Ingram, Derek Barnett, Tech McKinley, Dante Fowler, Devondre Campbell. Not really an edge, more of like a linebacker, but, um, you know, he does kind of line up out there sometimes. Charles Harris, Emmanuel Ogba. Also, some of these guys are more of, you know, 4-3 defensive ends than they are 3-4 outside edge rushers. Uh, and then you're kind of third tier, Justin Houston, Jerry Hughes, JPP, Kamiko Ture, Alex Okafor. 
um, guys that are kind of getting a little long in the tooth, a little bit older. Um, I feel like the the perfect player for us is going to be Uchenna Nwosu to really take over as the starter there and maybe picking up a, a, an Alex Oak for a, a Kamiko Ture as, um, as depth. Uh, but we'll see which direction we go. Kaiser White. How important is Kaiser White to this football team? So I was going to say about Uchenna too, like these guys are the unsung heroes, the building blocks of championship caliber rosters, the guys that you, you forget about when you look at the Super Bowl tape five, 10 years ago. We need these guys, both of them. They need to come back. They're such core pieces of what we did last year. And I know the defense was not where we wanted it to be. It would have been God awful without the play of those two guys. Kaiser White played 84, almost near 85% of the defensive snaps last year. If we let Kaiser walk, we thought our linebacker core going into this season was elite, depth across the board. We were wrong. Tranquil took a step back in his regression. Uh, we still trying to figure out what Kenneth Murray is going to do. We need Kaiser White back. He is our best coverage linebacker. I don't care what Staley is saying. He's our best coverage linebacker. He's our best linebacker, period. And he, at 26 years old, is in that Uchenna Nuosu stage, just about to break out into all pro potential. I just don't think see while you're this close to competing in the playoffs, competing for a Super Bowl, if that's your aspirations, you need to bring Kaiser White and Uchenna Nuosu back. Uh, first, Kaiser White, just because of the lack of depth we would have at the position if he did have to go. Yeah, Kaiser White, I think, is... Oh, man, he made himself so much money, and I don't think people really understand like how good he was. And I think a big reason why he didn't make the Pro Bowl or the All Pro teams because our run defense was god awful. None of that is a reflection on Kaiser White's play because Kaiser White played absolutely phenomenal. I mean, we saw it like from the preseason, and you know now that he's had a whole year to really settle in this defensive scheme. I mean, I value him a lot more than some other uh, some other PFF grades him at a four point two million dollar year contract, and he's going to get paid so much more of that. He's getting so I went and bank. I went and looked at at similar contracts, similar play from players who signed big contracts, right? And I'm looking specifically at Miles Jack, Deion Jones. Both of them are making fourteen million dollars a year. Whoa. Corey Littleton. 11.7. I don't know how Kaiser White does not sign a contract in excess of $10 million next year. Personally, I would pay the man $12 million next year. Um, a year, I, I'd sign him to like a, a four-year, you know, 44, 48, 48. Four years, $48 million contract, and I would lock him up and know that he is a key building block, just like Uchenna Nwosu is, Guys taken yeah. in the same draft, and I, I just I think he's so valuable, um, and it's he's finally broke out. Like this is what we've been we saw it a little bit as a rookie, right? Like Kaiser White yeah. as a rookie played really well, but now like I mean he's well, right he's on the cusp of being like a Pro Bowl All, all Pro player. Yeah, yeah, and uh, like rookie year, I just like you know we kind of saw like a kid with potential. 
he is a grown yeah. man now playing making plays. You gotta you gotta pay that guy. I think anything under twelve is a bargain. Anything under ten would be a steal. I like you said, the way he settles for anything less than ten. And then just forty four tackles. Going- 144 tackles, yeah. And a ton of stops, like six most stops at his position. You're looking at the free agency market. You got Devondre Campbell, which is where I probably should have written him in here first. Uh, Dante Hightower, Foyside, Aluikon, Alexander Johnson, Leighton Vander Esch, Anthony Barr, Josie Jewell. You have guys to, to I, I guess, backfill if Kaiser White leaves. Ultimately, I'm probably looking if Kaiser White doesn't stay toward uh, Kenneth Murray and Drew Tranquil being your starters next season. Um, moving over to our defensive back room. So we have Chris Harris, Ryan Smith, and Trey Marshall, all free agents. All of them should be gone. Ryan uh, Smith, yeah. I like the idea of what we were trying to do. Ryan Smith as our gunner, as our special teams ace. But we need to get better in this secondary room, especially at the slot corner position. And I'm looking at the the available free agents. Uh, most of these guys are outside corners. J.C. Jackson, Stephon Gilmore, Carlton Davis, Darius Williams, Stephen Nelson, Dante Jackson, Shavaris Ward, Sidney Jones. Um, most of these guys are outside guys. I would love to go and sign a, a young stud like Carlton Davis, like Dante Jackson, because those guys can play. Um, mm-hmm. But the fact that we're already having two outside corners, you know, maybe we sign a, a Dante Jackson and move um, Asante Samuel into the slot. I just, I don't necessarily know with Michael Davis and assuming Michael Davis isn't going to play in the slot. So when we think of him only as an outside defensive back where there is room for a top tier cornerback like JC Jackson. Yeah. And I think Dante Jackson is probably the, the best fit for what how we want to play on defense. Maybe Darius Williams as well, because, I mean, he has familiarity with this scheme a little bit. But I feel like Dante Jackson is probably one of the most talented and more affordable than somebody like J.C. Jackson. For sure. For me, just give me a reliable open field tackler on the outside, because how many just blown easy tackles did the secondary have this season it was just ridiculous amount a big part of why we couldn't stop the run because after they get through the second level the third level is not stopping them either i just want a reliable tackler with some sticky coverage skills is, is that too much to ask for you no it's that, not this defense that watch out uh, yeah i i think i really like the where where we're at with our outside cornerbacks, but I think it doesn't. I like with where Asante Samuel Jr. is. We don't need to get specifically an outside corner. We don't need to specifically get a nickel corner. Just another corner, and whether whoever that is, you can put Asante Samuel in the other spot. I think that's a good place to be if you're the Chargers. Yeah, I think it's a good place to be. Um, I think that the team really wants Asante Sam to play outside. I feel like that's where they want him to be specifically. Um, but, I mean, who knows? I, they could look toward the draft to to go and try to fill that slot corner need. A guy like Elijah Molden, right, somebody that that's probably would excel in that role. 
Um, but who knows what they do at corner. I do think that they, they should go and get at least one from, and, and they probably will get at least one corner from the free agency market and probably they'll end up getting one from the draft. Uh, probably drafted somewhat, you know, mid mid rounds, third or fourth round. We'll see where it goes. Uh, we don't have any safeties hitting free agency. Lieutenant, uh, not Lieutenant, um, uh, Nasir Adderley and Derwin James are going to be your starters. Your backups are going to be um, Aloe Gilman and the safety we drafted from Georgia in the seventh round. Web. Mark Webb. Mark Webb. Uh, and then rounding out our free agents, we have Dustin Hopkins. I am all on board with keeping Dustin Hopkins. I am willing to pay him whatever he wants just to solidify that room and not have to worry about the guy sitting over there on the practice squad. Ty Long, I think, is gone. But then I went and looked yeah. at the free agents. There's no no punters that are really available in free agency. <laughs> so we're either getting a Reza or Ty Long is our, our punter next season. And then Matt Overton is also a free agent. So all three guys could be gone next season. Totally different, uh, totally different special teams unit to, put, to go with our special teams coordinators. So, well, and I think that's a big key is whether those guys come back is who we get as our special teams coordinator. If he's kind of like his own system guy, I think everyone's out the door. But if he wants something, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting who we sign as that coordinator because he's going to have all the say on whether those three guys back. Also, Andre Roberts is a free agent as well. Um, oh, totally miss Andre Roberts. Yeah, he needs to come back too. Andre Roberts has to be. Have, we we yeah, have to have and, somebody returning. Well, and kicks. The, it can't be KJ Hill. Can't be KJ Hill, and I, I liked. We got to get Andre Roberts some redemption after the muff punt towards the end of the season. I, I think he's way better than that. It's an unfortunate final play of the year to like kind of think of him back but yeah I, I i want him back i think he's gonna house another one if we give him a couple more chances yeah all right well next week i think we're gonna go over our own free agency picks a little more in depth i feel like it's a good time to to start taking a look at some of our top free agents like for me i already know i'm gonna pick akeem hicks because i feel like it's just gonna be the perfect guy um, and then we'll start getting into some more of the draft scenarios as we start uh, doing some more research and scouting on, on this upcoming class. Any closing remarks, Zach? No, <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to be uplifting. I'm just trying to think, I'm thinking now about the, the playoffs this year and the playoffs is getting me so demoralized because we have no chargers. Um, that's a bad, no, I don't have anything else to say. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening as we head into season two of the Shock Therapy podcast brought to you by the Say It Again Network. Thank you so much. and We'll talk to you guys later.